Hey world, this is Jamie, host of the Jamie and Genty Show. Broadcasting live each week on Tuesday at 12 p.m. from Fishbowl Studios. Log on to hear sports talk from basketball to football and view your feedback on the biggest sports news you want to talk about from around the world. So be sure to log on each week Tuesdays at 12 p.m. to catch the Jamie and Genty Show. Hope to see you soon on Fishbowl Radio Network. Jump in. Hey, welcome to Beyond the Game podcast right here on Fishbowl Radio. And it's Tuesday, nah, it's not, it's not July anymore. Tuesday, August the 1st, 2023. We're finally in August. So now you know what that means. That means we're in football. <laughs> football all around. Now training camp has started on the NFL side, college football. I think they start tomorrow or next week. Cause I know the first game's like towards the end of this month. So we're going to see some guys, some college football players practice and get ready to play the game, get ready for a tough season. So, um, so with that being said, I'm angry today, guys. If I sound lethargic, it's because I stayed up till 4 a.m. last night, 4 a.m. this morning, watching the USA just just give up against the Port- Portugal against Portugal. So I want to explain that in like tw- and like I think I'm going to explain that in 40 minutes. But first, let me see how my weekend was going. So my weekend was great. Um, I took a bunch of pictures with a bunch of kids. Um, it was the last. It was the last day for their basketball season in that area so everyone wanted a picture there was no problems at all and um i knock on that wood because you never know what's going to happen <laughs> what was going to happen next weekend so it was all good and then i saw the i i did not watch the fight live you know i don't purchase stuff like that because i i always think that there's going to be a knockout I always want to go the full distance of of the fight and when I watched, when I watched these highlights between Crawford and our guy Spence, I said Crawford had him after the second round. He had him after the second round because he, he trained, he trained because it, it, Crawford knows how to use his hands and Spence didn't have an answer for him. And so I do, would there be a rematch? I don't know. But you, but one awkward thing that I saw is, you know how ESPN goes to the lows of the lows of, of firing everyone? You know, that was Max's deal. Max was boxing. So I thought Max will interview the guys after the fight, but obviously he's not there anymore. So they had Stephen A do it and Stephen A, that, that's the lowest you can go. He, Stephen A is great. He's fabulous. He's the best commentator in sports. But you have him interviewing fighters after a fight. ESPN, you got to do better. You got to do better of somebody who knows boxing. Stephen A is first take. Stephen A has a podcast. He knows his his stuff. It's just boxing wise, I wouldn't put him in that situation. I would have hired somebody else that knows the sport. Can relate to these, to these athletes that are, are fighting each other, can ask the right, direct questions towards the fighters. That's what Stephen A did not do. And so, 
it goes to the lack of judgment from ESPN side. And that's what I saw on, on, on uh, this weekend. But what I would, uh, but I will definitely watch another fight live. I don't know if I'm going to purchase it or go to, go somewhere and watch it, but I don't know when the next fight would be. It could be, that's the, that's in December. That could be next year. I'd rather go next year so that Spence can rest. He can get back to where he needs to, needs to get back to. And, um, you know, hopefully we will have a, a, a better result, but this wasn't bad in, 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 in any sense. All right. Well, Cowboys camp is underway. Let's talk about it. Uh, so we got five Cowboys training camp storylines for the week one. So with that being said, um, Dak celebrated his 30th birthday the other day. It's time to win. Okay. You're building a connection with his receivers. I, I saw the one pass of Brandon Cooks where he ran, where Brandon Cooks made a double move on Nashawn Wright and hit the, hit the post and he, he, he went in for a touchdown. So I like that move. That's what, that's one thing I saw in, on videos. Um, another video I saw was Dak uh, hitting his targets. Uh, even though it's through a net, I feel like he was trying, I feel like he, I, I, I have confidence. I have confidence in him that he can hit his targets using that type of technique. That's the technique you need to use to be accurate. You gotta hit 60 plus percent of your passes. No panic. You know, he threw an interception in practice. Okay. We practice turnovers. Fine. But it's not the last turnover he's gonna practice on. It's just, hey, he had a double move. He, he didn't really, that wasn't on Dak. <laughs> now, believe it or not, that wasn't on Dak. But G-Bag Nation decides to fight about it. We're going to discuss that fight in a second, but let's play a clip from the G-Bag Nation that I listen to every single day that I love. I want more sports commentary like this. Let's play that clip, please. Another pick today from Dak. And, you know, after the regular season, there's obviously going to be increased speculation on it. What is it for you guys to... In the NFL regular season, you do want to pick and choose your spots, but I don't think Dak can be a coward and play quarterback. It's just not in his in, in his wheelhouse, man, and not. Oh, it is. It absolutely is. It is. I don't you think go, so, man. Go, yeah, no. Uh, he's going to take care of that more. football. He, he is. He is going to take care of that football. He, yeah, but he's going to he take chances. He was, he was just around Kellen Moore too much, who gassed him up on the idea that he could go be Peyton Manning. You know, and he had Kellen Moore who played quarterback like that because he had next level vision, anticipation, and accuracy. That was, that's how Kellen Moore played football because he didn't have the size or the cannon. That's yeah. all he had. And he yeah. kept trying to put that into Dak's brain. It wasn't there. Dak's the opposite. He's all, he's all physicality and the accuracy, the awareness, the anticipation, the timing is his challenge. Oh. He can't see the guys. He can't see the guys and he can't throw it where he wants to. And you have yeah. to manage those weaknesses around Dak. That's why he's not a consistent Pro Bowler. He's not even a consistent Pro Bowler, Zach. Well, he's still going to push the ball down the field. Yeah, it, and he's, throw he's, a lot, going, yeah. he's going to do that. Yeah. 
Uh, that, that's the thing. I, I hope we get to talk to him because I want to ask him the question, do you trust, is there a time when a quarterback trusts his receivers too much? You know? Do you trust? And then there might be a time. Yeah, but there was a time where he didn't, right? Like, that's the thing when it comes to talking about Dak Prescott. If Dak Prescott is going to dink and dunk the, the football, like it sounds like you want him to do, Gavin, then you're going to bitch about it come Thanksgiving and say, why does this team have no big plays? Where's the vertical passing game? Because you want him to just play in a 15-yard box. He can't win. That that's the problem with the criticism. Well, we were of Dak. talking about earlier some routes of how they're separating out here with some of the stuff that they're doing with the bunch and the the the, the twins formations and trying to like pick guys and run guys across. And that's stuff. awesome, oh, that, but yeah. I guess we don't want him to throw a nine right down the field to try and hit a fifty yard touchdown. Don't want him to throw a nine if he's going to throw the ball inside and get it picked. No, no that was he, a bad throw. But what about the other one where he throws a touchdown to Brandon Cooks? Right, but, but that's what sometimes saying. it's going to work for you, and you're Zach not going to be upset about it, right? Was Tolbert was should Tolbert if, Tolbert separate? It was him. a bad throw. There's no doubt. There's but what no about question. the good ones he can make as well? I think I and I, statistically totally he's one of the best deep ball passers in the NFL. So it's not like he can't do it. Correct. Man, he's he's Mahomes. You know, this guy's Aaron Rodgers. It's no, just unlucky. You're, you're going with completely an, with a great team that this this squad is put, can't win playoff games. It's just it's a, unlucky every time. I guess. Yeah. Man, he's he's right up there. He's one of the he's one of the best statistically at damn near everything in quarterback. They have an incredible defense, skill players everywhere. He came into a team with the best offensive line in football, and it's just man, you get to the playoffs. You and sound you, like a Twitter troll. Keep doing it. Well, you sound like a stand right now, buddy. Okay, and I, that's I fine. Thought, I, I point I out when Dak year, has hold bad, on now. I, okay, moments. I'm talking. I'm talking. I All thought right, last year at the divisional round, you had decided you weren't going to do this anymore. What am I, I doing? You turned a page. I'm not trying to pretend Dak Prescott is a top five quarterback, but I don't want my quarterback being scared to push the ball down the field. I didn't want that either. I, 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 I do. You just I, said you do. When no. you're talking out of both sides of your mouth when, right okay, now, yeah, you don't know back. what you think. Run That's the, the problem. tape back, Wolchuk. Right. When did I you say I don't want back. him pushing the ball down the field? I said I don't want him throwing 50-50s downfield in in situations that's not complete desperation. Okay. We're at midfield, it's fourth and eight. That's okay. exactly what I said. We have to throw it downfield into a Situationally, group of people. Situationally, sure. Yeah. yeah. That's where we want it. And we want, we want to set up the defense by running the ball and throwing short. So when we do do that, it's our wide receiver out in space. There's times you got to come hopefully out. Hopefully Dak doesn't underthrow him like he did today. Yeah. Putting I think a so too. third string corner in position to intercept the, the quarterback that people love to say is a top five guy. Yeah, that's what uh, happened. I, I don't. Nation Wright got you again. I don't think anybody's saying Dak Prescott's a top five quarterback. I'm not saying that. Don't put words in my mouth. <laughs> okay, well let's go to L.A. Live. He's in the Pimp Cup and standing by. Here he is, Lucius Alexander. Uh, what an intro. Uh, <laughs> so, thank you guys. <laughs> Toxic Tuesday. Yeah, here we go. Sauce right here. Oh yeah, we'll screw you. Let's go to Lucius. Rich and Bobby Bell. Rich and Bobby. Like bad news. Dak threw five. You really ticked me off this time, Wolchuk. Good, good, I'm glad. Um, <laughs> so, so there's an argument. I want to agree with with Gavin. Um, I want no, actually, I agree with Zach. Hearing that four or five times over the weekend, I still agree with Zach. I want my quarterback to push the ball down the field at age thirty. We can't, we can't go backwards. When you grow, when you grow another older, you have to push the ball down the field. And that, and I wish this offense would give him more account, uh, more capability of doing that. 
This is why you have training camp to fix it. You have that ordeal. Okay? So, with that being said, Dak being 30 years old, happy birthday, by the way. He turned, well, Saturday was his birthday. But, this is the time. We gotta, we gotta take risks. If that risk turns into intercept, into incompletions or interceptions, I would not take interceptions. But however, you gotta build that communication and trust with receivers. Listen, we have with the best receivers in the, in, in the division. I haven't seen any, I mean, there's always going to be an argument of who's the best, but we have capable guys of, 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 of running, of running their routes and getting open. So I agree with Zach. I don't know what Gavin's talking about. You know, he's no, definitely no Pat Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers. He's just Dak Prescott. We just gotta live with the results at the end of the day. Number two, Trayvon Dick's new contract. So Trayvon signed his five-year, ninety-seven mil. He's getting nineteen mil a year plus incentives. He's the highest paid corner, corner in the NFL. Jair Alexander and Denzel Ward both made 20, 20 and 21 respectively. Now, my question is, is this going to be a shutdown corner? Is he a shutdown corner? Is he going to have the same amount of interceptions in 2021? He had 11 in 2021. Three last season. Now you have, you, you get paid before your offensive, before your right guard. CD Lamb and Michael Parsons. Where do you go from here, Trayvon, as being the best corner in the league? The entire league. I can name, I just named two guys. Maybe I can name Sauce Gardner. Sauce Gardner is the next guy in, in the next two years on the books for his contract. Considering the fact that what he's doing for the Jets defense. But Trayvon here, this is a big year for you, buddy. You have to be that shutdown corner in the NFL that you are capable to be. I want to see tackles from you. I want to see a, I want to see an actual ball hawk from this man. And I think he can give he can give us that. Number three, Michael Parsons wants us to win. Now, Michael Parsons talks a lot. You know, I, I agree. I'm a big Michael Parsons fan. Actually, you know what? I want to buy his jersey one day. I want to wear it on this show. And so that once I wear it on this show, it will show my appreciation of what Michael Parsons is. Michael Parsons is the definition of a guy that does not give up. A guy that says, you need that, that believes in everything that he says. Everything. And I'm right there with sir. Now, he's the next guy to get the, well, actually not the next guy to get the back. He's one of the guys that should get the back after this season, if not beyond. But he said they're the top team in the NFC. Okay, I agree with that. Because you only have Philadelphia. And then who else after the Cowboys do you have? You may have the 49ers. You may have Minnesota. You may have Detroit. But those three teams are inconsistent. The 49ers are looking for that quarterback. They're going to win this regardless. Minnesota is looking for the identity. You know, they they have Justin Jefferson on offense, but they don't but they but Kirk Cousins is not consistent with the ball. Then you talk about Detroit. Detroit's on the rise, but they're not there yet. Now we're talking about 
Aaron Rodgers being gone, you have a chance to go after this division. You have a chance, NFC North. Your coach, you live and die but by what your coach says. Just like the Cowboys, we live and die what Michael Parsons says. Well, even though Jerry intercepts that, I don't know what Jerry's watching. You got your young linebacker saying all these things, and you're saying a different tune. So the relationship there, I I, I wish the relationship works, which is why I said that Michael Parsons is the best linebacker, best pass rusher in the league. He's put some weight on. He says the team can beat them, beat themselves against the 49ers, which, yes, I agree with that. Interception is the key. So he, he's, he said he's never gotten an interception. Could this be the year to get it? He lead, he, he keeps everyone accountable. Everybody in that long from Dak to Mozzie to everybody. Accountability is key in the Cowboys locker room and you, number 11 is leading that. Now let's hear more of number 11, please. Let's hear that clip. Um, before we even got out here, I kind of said, man, I hope everybody ready to work because I'm coming with a different level of intensity and, you know, the enthusiasm from that to when we got here and then from when I laid that message, you see it in everybody. Everyone's coming out here trying to beat each other. And I think that's the goal, really, like you trying to beat each other and that's just going to make each other better. I'm on them every day. I'm on Mozzie every day. I'm on, you know, it could be D-Law every day. I'm like, man, where, how y'all coming? I'm on Dak every day. I'm telling down. as soon as you guys like, man, you know I'm coming. You know, they put a little competition in the room. I just can't lose. I just can't. It's just It's just not in me. So when you lay that foundation and that's what you're showing, then I think everyone follows. And I think it just transgressions to mock game. It transgressions to when we're going through drills and everyone's going full speed. You know, we tired just coming out of individual. I was like, man, who still got juice left? Because we got two minutes in the game. We still got team and stuff like that. It's time to hop into another gear. And, you know, a guy asked, he's like, man, I'm tired. I need to come out. I said, what you coming out for? You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to go into deep water now so that way in the game, you know, it's nothing new to you. You felt that pain already. Linebacker Micah Parsons. Um, I love it. I love it. I just wish the other players get that same energy throughout the, 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 on a daily basis. That's all I asked for. Number four, the bubble players. So, G-Bag Nation, I think it was last week that I heard this. They played Krusty's Corner, which Brian Broaddus talks about his football stance on, on the team and everything else. And he does a fabulous job doing it. So, I did my, I kind of, I kind of, I kind of agree with him. And then I put some random names on, on, on this list that I think that may not make the team. So let's take a look. Kevante Turpin. Okay. Oh, I want to say congratulations to him. He just had a baby girl. I think it was two weeks ago. So congratulations to her on being a dad. Kelvin Joseph. Ne- Neville Gallimore. Dennis Houston. He was cut last year. Jordan Lewis. Injuries. 
I think the Cowboys could save like five million if they release him. Dante Fowler, Fowler, that's a surprise because Dante Fowler is one is he not the best, but he, he fills the spot. Jonathan Hankins, um, he's having a little bit of weight issues, but then again, they drafted Mozzie Smith as as a precaution. Jabril Cox and Malik Cooker. Malik Cooker is very surprising to me. Um, you considering the fact that he was one of the best safeties on the team. That that uh, I don't know why you cut him. Maybe because you saw somebody else take 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 that rings. Maybe somebody else was better. But I want to I want to say this. The my, overall mindset on, on potentially getting cut is very high. Like I, you go into places and you don't expect to get fired, basically, or better yet, get sent to the to the practice squad. It, you try to do all the coaches say from day one to like the last day of the camp. And it's tough sometimes. Sometimes it's t- it's one of the toughest decisions in sports, and when it comes to football, because you got to get to that fifty-three man roster. You put all that you gave it all you got, and now you're looking for a job. And it's one of the toughest feelings, but at the same time, we made decisions to better our football team. Now. We still got a lot of camp to go. We still got the first preseason game. Well, actually, we got three preseason games to go. So just go out there, play hard, and let put it in God's hands. Put it in his hands and see where you stand. My final training camp point, and even though we're not there, my goal is to go there next year. I have a bunch of goals next year that I want to try and I want to achieve. The last one. What did we learn? You watched a lot of videos of them practicing. Great job by the Cowboys pages giving us the fans updates on what the team is doing, what they need to do, and also the faults. Now, we criticize the faults too much, but at the same time, they're easily, easily corrected. Like, I, like for example, I don't want Dak to, to practice turnovers. I don't want that at all. I want him to be almost perfect. That's my standard. I want him to be almost perfect. He'll throw interception one or, or twice, but I want the accuracy to go up. That's my thing. Donovan Wilson is out four to six weeks. He has a strength calf, so he'll be out a while. This, that's our. Uh, so if you do, if you do math, he may be ready for the week one of the regular season. So that remains to be seen. Ronald Jones. This was. This was a. <laughs> this was our backbreaker, not a heartbreaker, a backbreaker yesterday. That Ronald Jones suspended two games for PEDs. No, I, I I feel like he's going to be the one cut. You talk about being suspended for two games and not having a spot on the team, but we 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 encourage you to to back up Tony Pollard, and now you do shit like this. Like, come on, man! You're worried about your own selfish guilt. 
like you, 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 you have no place on this team at all. Like I don't think the Cowboys want to consider you. I think I thought they were going to deserve Malik Davis or um or uh, or Deuce Vaughn. I mean, I like the Deuce Vaughn kid. I think he's trying hard to get on the team, and I think he will make the team. Not because his dad works it, but because he's work. He's doing what the Cowboys want him to do. Now, if he's going to be back up to Tony Pollard, which I don't know, then it may may not work out. But for Ronald Jones, I do see him on the street, not because of this suspension, but because of the inconsistencies in practice. And the Cowboys need a solid running back behind Tony Pollard, which we don't have because we released Zeke Elliott. And by the way, Zeke Elliott this weekend was in New England visiting them, and he left without a contract. So my boy, I'm nervous for him because I, I want to see him play. I mean, it would be nice to see him back in a Cowboys uniform, but... If an injury were to happen, knock on wood again, do you bring Zeke back? Zeke is only 27 years old. You can bring him back on the vet's minimum. And then he'll know the offense, and then he will know his teammates and all that stuff. It's just, I wouldn't hesitate to bring him back, period. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do, I, I wouldn't hesitate it. But do I expect him to come back? I don't, no, I don't expect him to come back. I expect us to run with Either Malik Davis, Deuce Vaughn, or somebody off the street that releases a, a running back. That remains to be seen when the final roster cuts are made. So now, my question is, should we be nervous about Zach Martin's contract situation? Now, Jerry, I forgot to find that clip of Jerry talking about Zach Martin's situation. He basically said we got to pay Micah next year. We got to pay CD next year. We got to pay all these guys. And so now, when I, I said this last week, I said it's going to be between Zach Martin and the Cowboys. And I hope Zach Martin wins this 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 round. He deserves every amount of money he should get. He shouldn't be sitting on the side. He shouldn't be sitting at home working out. He should be in California with the team. But the Cowboys want to play games. Zach Martin is going to do what he's going to do. So I do wish that he, he was at camp. But then again, you know, business talks. You got to take care of your own first. And I hope the Cowboys at some point cringe. Yes, cringe to get Zach Martin back on the field. But this, but my last point is I did see Vescaiano and Aubrey practicing kicks and I'm not, I'm not as nervous. You know what? I don't know. I don't care who we sign as a kicker. I don't care. I, we can get any soccer player from FC Dallas to kick for this football team. <laughs> I don't, they're better kickers than these two right here. Like I, I don't, I don't understand why I'm, I'm focusing on the why we're focusing on the number one position in this world. I think there's other positions we can focus on. The kicking situation will take care of itself. But I'm not focusing on, on who kicks for this football team. I'm not. I'd rather go for it on fourth and five at, at my uh, 35-yard line because I don't trust these guys. I don't trust them at all. They have no, I mean, they have, they've been on NFL teams, but <laughs> you gotta understand, you gotta understand something. Brent Maher missed four kicks in the playoff game. Okay. 
I'm, I, I, I was worried then, but I'm not as worried now because we don't have experienced kickers on this roster. We don't. You can get a 39-year-old Robert Gold who has no interest in playing football anymore. Heck, I don't even know if he's still in the 49ers. I don't know why his name keeps popping up. So, with that being said, I can care less about the kicker situation. Whoever they get, it is, it is what it is. So, that was week one of training camp at Oxnard. Week two is up and running, so we'll have some insights on it next week. And plus, a preview of the Jacksonville Jaguars, which we don't do, which People don't do previews in preseason, but I'm going to do one next week. Sneaking on the Jacksonville Jaguars to see what they have over there. But, nonetheless, there was a game last night, guys. Let's stretch this in here. But I I do got my top 10 breakout players for the uh, the NFL season for 2023 on the other side. And then we'll do some WNBA stuff. Uh, So... This is unbelievable. USA versus Portugal, right? I, I stayed up to like 4 a.m. last night. I didn't, I didn't fall my, fall asleep to like 4.30 this morning. That's what I always do every single night. This is unbelievable, man. We, we tied with Portugal zeros, not nil nil. This is uh, this is unacceptable. This is unacceptable. We were overwhelming favorites to win the, our group. You have Vietnam, you have Netherlands and Portugal in your group. How uh, you tied with both of them was Netherlands and Portugal, but you beat Vietnam. Vietnam. No disrespect to those countries because I know those countries are listening right now, but you are. To U.S., you're supposed to be stronger than, than than anybody, any of these countries that we have out there. We have resources, and you mean to tell me that you don't that there's no passion on this team? I didn't see it last night. They had chances the first 20 minutes to score a goal, and they missed all three of them. I thought the first 20 minutes, the possession was 48 to. 36 USA as far as getting the shots on goal I mean throughout the whole game USA had probably about at least 13 shots on goal only to 4 of Portugal but you mean to tell me that you want that also I heard a, on a podcast well actually they, they written the podcast that, that some of the USA players want to rest against the Netherlands like Aren't you trade to to play ninety plus minutes on the field? I mean, you playing me? You've been playing soccer your whole entire life, and you're telling me that the team was tired against the Netherlands. I didn't see any of that. I saw a lot of unfocused, undetermined women who who gave every opportunity for the Netherlands and Portugal to beat them. But now you go on a podcast and say you want rest. You have 27 year olds on your team. 
And they said, you know what? Rodman should be out of the game. You know what? Uh, Sophie Smith should be out of the game. Those young ladies are 20 plus years old. You shouldn't be running rest at this time. You are trained to work 90 minutes plus. I can understand in basketball and football. I get it. But in soccer, no, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. And then, Anna, and, forgive me, Portugal fans, forgive me. Anna Capetra, she missed the goal within inches. Without that pole, they win. They win. And now y'all are, y'all are saying, let's move on. Move on for what? You, n- the Niners won the group against Vietnam 7-0. No problems. But yet, it's in the past. What are y'all talking about? Y'all have not played your bets this whole entire World Cup. But yet, but yet everything else outside you know, take your fans with pictures. Doing everything else. I don't wanna I don't wanna disrespect what they're doing off the field. Off the field is great. But the lack of focus is not there on the USA women's side. It's not there at all. You're not teaching the next generation uh your style of play. You're teaching them to give up. We can live with the results. We can go 1-1. We can have numerous shots on goal and lay an egg against Portugal in the second half. Which, by the way, Megan Rapino came in 60 minutes into that second half and did absolutely nothing. Alex, Alex Morgan was a no-show. Nothing. Rose Lavelle got a yellow card. She's going to miss the next game. Nothing. Lack of passion. Nothing. The coach said, you're, you're, you're going to worry about a legend, legend's comment. You're going to worry about Carly Lloyd's comments. Carly Lloyd was right. She was right. Let me see if I have a quote on here. Cause I, cause I know, I know, I know I don't have audio. Um, let's see. Oh, it's right here. It says, let me read it for you. I'm quoting. Carly Lloyd, former USA uh, forward. You never want to take anything for granted. You put on that jersey. You want to give everything you have. Everything. For the people that came before you and the people that are going to come after you, I'm just not going to see, I'm just not seeing that passion. I'm just seeing a very lackluster, uninspired, taking it for granted. We're winning and training and doing all that you can be, you can to be the best possible individual players. It's not happening. That's what Carl Lloyd said on the Fox broadcast this morning. You didn't, y'all didn't miss much. Y'all almost saw Portugal win the game. Y'all saw a poor effort on the USA side in the second half. They had chances in the first, but in the second half, they laid a freaking egg. Carly Lowe was right on the money. There's no passion on this team, period. Period. And now, I'm worried. Then they asked Jamie, why are you worried? I'm worried because we're going to lose to Sweden. 
which we should have lost to Portugal yesterday, last night, actually this morning. Portugal had us all written all over it, but yet it's like you want to go there and you be the big power USA. You are. You want to lay an egg against a team that we we don't know their players. They got good, great players, but we don't know them at all. So why in the hell would y'all say these things? Say that we're going to move on, but not address the real issue. Just been like five seconds addressing the real issue. The real issue is y'all can't score. That's the real issue. Y'all can't defend. Another issue. Your coach is lame. Bigger issue. Because I remember the coaches in the past. I can't. I, I forgive me. I don't remember the names on the top of my head. But I remember players like Mia Hamm, Brandy Chastine. Um, who else? Abby Wambach, Carly Lloyd. You can even throw Megan Rapinoe's out name out there. Alex Morgan. Those ladies gave a damn about where USA soccer is on the women's side. <laughs> they gave a damn. They don't care. I mean, these countries do not care about us. They're going to do wherever they can to knock us out. And I wish Portugal knock us out. I honestly wish that they could have scored that goal. I honestly wish that pole was not there. Was not there at all. So that Portugal wins. And in that way, it will send us a lesson that we can't have this type of effort ever again. Like, what is the coach saying? Well, you're focused on one. See, that, that, see, that's what Carl Lloyd's talking about. You're worried about her comments, the coach. I'm talking about the coach here. I can't remember. It doesn't even matter how to pronounce his name. But at the same time, you're worried about one legendary person's comments, but yet you don't address the team's actions on the field. Did we watch the same game? Coach? Vlad? Did we watch the same game at all? I watched a team that was uninspired. I watched a team that lacked passion. I watched a team almost get lay an egg against Portugal. You didn't address that. When are we going to have passionate coaches again? That's my question. When are we going to have players that give a damn? Because they don't care. You can go to New Zealand and, 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 and tie against New uh, Netherlands and, and tie nil-nil against Portugal, which you're the overwhelmed famous to beat them. You know, I was listening to a podcast lately. Actually, this morning. They said they're not watching the World Cup. It is something to do with politics. But but I watch because I want to see the U.S. do good. And in this World Cup, even if they win it, I still think it's not the best. It's not the best domination that we, we have seen. And we're never going to see it from this team. This team is filled with a bunch of young players that, that are not ready for the big stage. This is a bigger stage. You're playing in front of a, a national, a nationwide audience. They're not ready for it. It has to take somebody to get in their face. Somebody of old. You can't trust, you can't trust Mega Rapino. 
Maybe you can trust Alex Morgan a little bit. But everybody else, everybody's trying to find their, find their fitting on this team. And you go to New Zealand, you play against a team that you're supposed to beat, the team that only had four shots on goal, but yet dominated the possession in the second half. And had everything, 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 everything. And it came within inches, inches of winning. Just imagine if you come back here, just imagine the type of words that we said to the team. Just imagine. Do we congratulate them? Do we say, you know what? This team needs to be better. I can't, I don't know where you can find a group of players that cares about the game more than, more than the USA and more than these other countries do. Because I can look at Portugal, I can look at Nigeria, I can look at Australia, I can look at the Netherlands. They care. I, I even look at China, Japan. They care about their team. They care about going out there and giving it all they got. And I'm like, man, I wish we had that. I wish we had that type of effort on the USA side, but we don't have that. And we will never get that at all, period. We will never get that. I mean, I think we're playing against Sweden on Sunday. That's a Sunday morning game. So you're telling us we got to stay up after a night of drinking to watch y'all play against Sweden. Y'all will get beat by Sweden. I'm predicting that right now. I'm ready for a fight. But this team has no fight at all. You can't make us stay up to like 4 a.m. in the morning to watch y'all lay an egg like that. And to, and to focus on other people's comments, like y'all need to stop. Y'all need to work. You, you need to stop lying to us. Stop giving us this lackluster effort. Stop giving us lackluster comments. And focus on the game of soccer. Give it all you got. Okay. I would have understood if you won the game one to nothing. I would understand. I would not get on you for that. But. I will get on you on this for the lackluster of, of uh, Portugal and the Netherlands. I'm tired of it. Something has to change. I mean, USA may win the whole thing. I guess it's okay. But at the same time, if they lose, we got to readdress our team. We got to readdress our team and see and see what type of players are we sending or adding to the roster. Because this roster is terrible. It's a bunch of young players that are trying to find their fitting. I mean, they're good young players, but again, they're not ready for the big moment. This is a big stage. They're not ready for it. So, that's just outside noise. We're giving our opinions. Carly Lloyd was right. (laughs) Like, stop it. This is why people don't heavily invest in, in USA soccer because we always want to focus on overseas. The overseas soccer is better than the ones here. It's, it's, like, let's be honest, it's better. But yet, y'all wanna, y'all wanna complain about being, about being tired. 
I'm sorry. I, I can easily remember Abby Wambach, Kali Lloyd, me and him not coming out of the game. Even Alex Morgan, back in the day, not coming out of the game. I can easily remember that. And y'all are tired. Jimmy Butler played 48 minutes in a playoff game. Literally 48 minutes in a playoff game. Did he complain about being tired? There's football players out there. Training camp has started. All 32 teams have started training camp. Do they complain about being tired? Of course they get breaks in between. But do they complain about getting tired? That tells me that this USA team is not fit enough. What are you eating? What type of training regimens are you doing? That's my question. Because we take it beyond. So if you're tired after 90 minutes plus and you're complaining about rest, you shouldn't be on the team now. At all. And I'm saying that right now. You shouldn't be on the team at all. I'm tired of seeing uh, us fail. This 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 is not it. This is not the year. And now we got we're going to wait four three. I don't know it's three or four years for this team to reemerge again. And even that, soccer would change. The game of soccer on the women's side would change. And it doesn't even matter anymore. It doesn't. But. I hate to say we, we're going, we got to see what happens, but I have no faith in this team. I, I'm done. I'll watch the game against Sweden, and you know, if we win, we win. We lose. Best believe I'm going to blame somebody. So I guess I guess it is what it is. We just got to set the effort for what it was, what it is. I'm sorry, what it is. But let's, let's try to regress a little bit. Let's take a break here, guys. Coming up next, let's talk about the top 10 breakout lists for the NFL season in 2023. Let's talk about it on the other side. It's Fishbowl Radio. It's Beyond the Game.
you in Just for the night, yeah, just for the night Do I wanna lose all that I have? You could be amused and help me catch But I just need you to come break my back If you wanna attack it, it's just that That's just luck, I'ma be real, you just my type I got a man, but he ain't in sight right now, so I got a man, but I want you I got a man, but I want you And it's just nerves, it's just thick Making me think about someone new You know I got so much to say I try to hide it in my face and it don't work You see, dude, that I just wanna deal with you
All right, welcome back to Beyond the Game podcast on Fishbowl Radio and on on the uh, on other sites as well. So, guys, you know, I said the NFL started. I think the first Hall of Fame game is on Sunday. I think. I think it's, is it this Sunday or the next? I think it's this Sunday. I didn't re- really look, but but it's coming up. But first things first. Since we talk all NFL on this show, not only the Cowboys, but I want to talk about my my top ten list. Now these players are either rebounded from the career or decided for the first time on this list. I got this list from the Yard Barker. They listed out their top 100 players to break out. I want to give you 10 of them. So number one, let's hit the music. Number one, Jordan Jordan Love. One fifty for eighty three for sixty percent, three touchdowns and three interceptions. Like I said, he takes over for Aaron Rodgers at fifteen after fifteen seasons. Strong arm, he can throw long. Um, he's a decent. He has decent weapons on the outside with Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson. So this is a little bit of a downgrade, only because we haven't seen Jordan Love play. And I, at some point. Would we'll want him to see it, see him play because I feel like he has more upside than what the Packers are are, are saying towards him. Well, actually, other Packers fans are believing in him. I believe in Jordan Love. I definitely believe in Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers led the team to a championship, but he was at, he was consistent over his time over there in Green Bay. So, with that being said. And you know, I always tell Packers fans, I even told, uh, our guy Z last week, Big Z last week, cause he's a Bears, he's a Bears guy. I told him, hey, you can win the NFC North. It's wide open. Aaron Rodgers left. <laughs> so now, it's, it, 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 it is, it, it's wide. It's wide open. Y'all can win it. And so, to me, I don't know if the Packers have enough to win to win the NFC North. It's gonna be tough for sure because you're gonna face an up and coming Detroit Lions team. Minnesota is okay. Um, I say okay because they can fall back to old ways of not being inconsi- in- inconsistent. They're more. I think Minnesota is more of a running, well, of a passing team than a running team. You gotta remember, Dalvin Cook was their strong main running back, and now he's looking for a job elsewhere. And I honestly seen the, I hear the, I hear the noise of Dalvin Cook coming to the Cowboys, but I don't think that's possible. It's gotta be an injury, an injury, uh, or, or, or a release at some point for him to make that happen. But it's gonna be tough. The market's gonna be tough for Dalvin Cook. But nonetheless, it's wide open for Jordan Love. He just needs to be consistent in the regular season. He just needs to say, you know what? We can be better than Brent Farr. I'm not saying better than Aaron Rodgers. We can be better than Brent Farr. And I say this wholeheartedly. I say this. But Jordan Love wants to go out there and, and do his thing. I'm anxious to see it. I'm anxious to see what he can do on the field. 
was a was an offense that that's his. It's his offense. Number two, Kendarius Tony. He's the Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver. His his career, fifty five receptions, five hundred ninety one yards, two touchdowns. The rushing touchdown was ten carries for eighty eight yards and a touchdown. He plays multiple positions: wide receiver, running back, kick returner. And he's a rapper. He goes by Young Joka. He takes over as the number one receiver from Smith Schuster. He went to the Patriots and McCole Hardman. I think he went to the Jets. Yeah, he was traded from the Giants mid-season last year. So now you have that number one wide receiver in Kansas City. Do I think he, he's consistent enough? He could be. He could be consistent enough for Pat Mahomes, considering the fact that the Pat Mahomes can beat you in any type of way possible. You just need receivers you can accommodate with. You don't have to throw it to your tight end a lot. Which Travis Kelsey is great. But you don't have to throw it to your tight end a lot. Not a whole lot. But Kadarius Tony, this is a big year for him. I do think. I think he's going to have the best year of his life. Uh, sorry, of his career. Of his NFL career. Talking about being number one, you lose two receivers, but now you're in the main one. Your name's gonna be called upon on nine times out of ten. So I do want that for Kendrick Kendarius. I want him to be the best receiver he can ever be. Number three, Matt Jones, New England, New England quarterback. His career is 16-15. It's really important because he, he's not that great. Um, his career average of 67% passing. That's a good rate. 36 touchdowns and 24 interceptions. He has 91 carries with 231 yards and a touchdown. He can run a little bit. Third season started after replacing for after after replacing Tom Brady for 20 years. He has some weapons in Kendrick Boone and Hunter Henry. He's a tight end. He can bring the team together. He has his work cut out, cut off him because Rodgers and Allen are in the division with him. So the AFC East has Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, Tua, and now Mac Jones. Previously. The only thing you got to do is just beat those both, both the Jets and the Bills. I don't think I don't have any faith in Miami because it's a situation of injuries. But I do have a little bit of faith in the, in the Bills. I think the Bills will win that division. But Mac Jones, this is his. This could be his his breakout year. You got to remember, Mac Jones can throw the ball down the field. He can run too. It's just. He can't develop inconsistency, and the interceptions are always going to hurt him. You talk about Dak? Look at Mac Jones. <laughs> you look at Mac Jones' quality of work. He, I mean, he has decent quality of work, but it's not up to New England standards. I always envision New England being in the top and the playoff conversation every single year, and I haven't seen it ever since Tom Brady left town. So that tells you. That's how he's a Tom Brady-led team. Now, this is a Mac Jones-led team. Mac Jones is saying, I can lead this team to new heights. 
don't know if he can do that, Mac. I don't know. 1615 record, I, I, I just don't get it. At all. Period. I, I, I don't have the belief that you will take this team to the postseason. I just don't have it. I mean, I, I may be an asshole, but I just don't have it. But I do wish you the best for you. And I want, and, and I want nothing but a playoff appearance at some point. Number four, Garrett Wilson. He's the Jets wide receiver. He is in the second year. He had 83 possessions for 1,003 yards and four touchdowns. Great route runner. Consistent quarterback now for this season and possibly the next. Because you don't know what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. The Jets have found the number one receiver from Ohio State. He has to stay, he can play multiple positions, but I want him to stay at right receiver for a 2023, for this season. Now this guy's talented. You talk about consistency and having a, 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 a fabulous quarterback. The Jets addressed that this offseason by adding Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is going to bring that team together. Now you have, he possibly, I think Randall Cobb on the team. Now you have him, you have Alan Lazar and now Garrett Wilson as a young up and coming receiver that could be next in line if he has another great season like this he could be next in line of getting that big payday in the next couple of years so he's got to keep doing what he's doing a new quarterback like I said may not be there for long but I do see I do see that he, I do see the willingness to win now. And the Jets saying, we want to win. We want to, we want a championship in our city. You never know what will happen. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers can bring it to you. Who knows? But you're playing in the toughest division in the sport. Like I said, we just talked about Mac Jones. Now Gary Wilson's in that same division. Aaron Rodgers is there. Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs. You, know, you can say you can even bring the dog horses of Miami, but this is a big year for Garrett Wilson. Let's see if he can recap his rookie success. Number five, and this is and this is going to be a, a stretch for me because I don't I don't like I don't like this guy. I really don't like him. I think he's selfish. I think he's full of it. I think he does not care about football anymore. He should never be on the NFL team. Somebody else should should be on that. But we gotta talk about it. Baker Mayfield. Don't know if he's gonna start as a Tim Bay quarterback. Um, his 22 season played with Carolina and the Rams. He played 12 games. He started 10 games. He went two and eight. His numbers as advertised. 201 for 335, 201, 335 for 2,163 yards, 10 touchdowns, and 8 interceptions. He signed with the Bucks after being number one for Cleveland in 2018. Uh, this season, he has to stay focused. He got to stay focused. 
You know, when there was a time during the season, last season, they were playing a lot of Baker Mayfield commercials from Hulu to insurance, you name it, he was there. And I felt like at those times, you're making a fool of yourself by focusing on the outside. Instead of playing, instead of focusing on your play, your level of play, and being the best version of the good of the best quarterback in the league. You're focusing on being, being the best commercial in TV. Like I can look at a commercial and I can, and I can know that a guy or a girl is not focused on the game anymore. If it doesn't talk about sports related stuff, then it's not there anymore. Baker Mayfield is not focused on football anymore. He's just, Wasting a spot for somebody else being the startup quarterback. That's taking over for Tom Brady after two seasons. I think it's three. Yeah, three seasons. And so, I have no faith in this. I have no faith in Baker Mayfield. I just don't. I think he's, he's overrated. And somebody else should have that spot more worthy than him. I want to get rid of the commercials. I want him to focus on football. I want him to say, you know what? I'm not going to do any more commercials for the season. I'm going to focus on my game, trying to get my team to the to newer heights, get to the team to the playoffs, get the team to the best record in the division. You got to remember, the division was one. Was a, I think it was, it was either a 500 record or a barely 500 record. And Tim Bay won that division last season I was hoping for Carolina I was hoping for uh, I'm not even worried about New Orleans and New Orleans and Atlanta because they're, they're irrelevant to me but it was between Tampa and Carolina of that division and Tampa won it it's Tom Brady Tom Brady was focused for 20 plus years in the NFL now you're going to replace a quarterback that was there for three years that won a Super Bowl in 2020 was a guy who was number one in 2018 that he's bounced around and and he is the starter. Yeah, he is the starter, granted. Many people in Tampa don't want to hear that, but he is the starter. So what does that tell you about the overall the overall level of disappoint of disappointment in the NFL. We can't give our younger guys a chance. We can't give other guys that were there a chance, an opportunity to run the football team, to be the quarterback of the Tim Bay Buccaneers, to be the quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons, to be the quarterback of the Rams. Now you want to bring this guy in in hopes that he he, he can lead y'all He can't lead anything at all. That's why I said he's overrated. He's got to prove me otherwise. He's got to throw thirty. Well, you know, I'll be nice. He's got to throw 20, t- 20 plus touchdown passes and ten intercept and at least five interceptions for me to retract my comments. At least. But then again, I don't know. I don't know what type of quarterback we're going to get. Well, I don't know what type of quarterback Tampa is going to get. But at the same time, I don't trust Baker. 
I hate what what everything his commercial stands for. I hate it. I can go get Hulu elsewhere. I have Hulu. I can just purchase it outright. I'd rather have a celebrity go for those commercials versus a quarterback that's unfocused, that's undetermined to win. Yes, win in 2023. But the good thing is that you threw 61% of your passes. Anything over 60, 60% is good. It's good. It's not bad. But 10 interceptions and eight, eight, I'm sorry, 10 touchdowns and eight interceptions. Not good enough. Number six, you talk about unfocused. This guy, this could be his last in the league. Michael Thomas. He's a Saints wide receiver. His 2022 was cut short due to injury. Three games, 16 receptions, 171 yards, and three touchdowns. Like I said, I asked the question, is this his last season in the NFL? He must change his whole demeanor. You're not, you haven't proved anything. At all. You haven't proved anything. So if you're worried about play all the games, which you haven't done in five seasons, if you're telling me after a thousand yard season, if you do get it, you're telling me you want a contract extension after this, you better go retire. Because you haven't proved yourself to be available. Something in your regimen. Like I said before, when these guys get injured, you have to change your whole entire regimen. How you eat, how you train. That these injuries don't keep on happening. Now you're calling out every single time. I mean, granted, yeah, injuries going to happen all the time. Get, get it. But major injuries don't happen often. That's what happened to uh, the, the tight end of the Broncos. He suffered an ACL. Now he has an Achilles injury. And I don't blame him for that. I don't blame him for doing what he can. It just happens. To Michael Thomas, a foot injury sidelined you for a whole entire regular season. And the level of focus is weared off if you don't, if you're not in the training room trying to work on what you need to work on. I mean, you can't... Granted, you can't lift up your feet, of course. You have a foot injury. You can't lift it up. But at the same time, there's other things you, you can do to get yourself mentally prepared for the football opportunity so that when your foot is healed, you can start running and jumping again and start running rounds. Do some upper body strength. Do stuff like that. Let's see what we got. Uh, stay committed to football. That's what I just said. Stay committed to football. Don't let any any outside noise bother you. Stay committed. Talk about complaining. Don't get a, don't get a new contract when you complain. I just said five seasons ago he played all the regular seasons. He had 125 receptions for 1,405 yards and nine touchdowns. That was in 2018. So I don't know. I don't know who their quarterback's going to be in New Orleans, but I do know this. I do know that Michael Thomas has to have a breakout year. It has to have one for him, for him, just for him to say, you know what? It's time. I'm going to leave the injuries in the past. It's time to get myself up 
and ready to go. Number seven. I don't know why this guy's a, a third down running back. He should be the main running back. And I say that respectfully. Antonio Gibson. Watch the commander's running back. He, his stats are 20.2. 149 carries with 546 yards. And three touchdowns. I asked the question, why is he the third down running back? I have no idea. He has speed. He's a great pass catcher. Uh, behind him, well, Brian Robinson Jr. is the main running back. But Antonio Gibson could easily be the number one. Easily. Easily. They just need to run the football. This is a crucial season for Washington. Because nobody in, in the NFC East is talking about you. It's all about the Cowboys and the Eagles. Maybe sometimes the Giants. But Washington, we don't think Washington is going to be that team. If you want to be, if Washington wants to be that team, you gotta get your main running back, which is Antonio Gibson, the ball more. Not your third down back. He's not gonna block. Now on third down, I always think that he's used for either short downs or pass block. That's what my third down running back would be used for. Those two things. I don't see Antonio, Blount, Antonio Gibson blocking anybody on third down. But then again, Washington's offense can't can relate to it. They're not consistent enough. Who's your quarterback? You got your running back. You got two of them. I'm anxious to see. Actually, here more of Brian Robinson's story, but I'm anxious to see what they're going to do with Antonio Gibson moving forward. Do you say, hey, he's our number one running back, or do we keep him at third down? That remains to be seen. He's on this list because I feel like this is the season for him. This is the season that he can take it up a notch. He can get that thousand yards while, while being that third down running that y'all call him. To be number eight, Christian. He's also playing on Commanders. His his season was cut short last year. He only had played three games and three tackles. Could this be a bounce back year? Now they have said they're not going to extend you, which that means you got to go out there and prove yourself to for for you to extend to. Get that extension of the contract. Now, granted, he's not the leader of that defense. Washington has a good front seven. I always fear their front seven. I really don't fear their secondary. I really don't. But their front seven is pretty good. Add Chris Young in there. Dominant. Dominant. I wish he had that. But injuries set you back. But... I can't blame for Washington for not extending you. You just got to go out there and make and get your and get put and pay and be the best defensive tackle or defensive end you can be. The only defense that I fear is our defense. Like I said, I never fear Washington. I don't fear Chris Young, but. Chris Young needs to bounce back and be the best defensive end he needs to be. 
I don't know if it's going to be the whole target of the film because Michael has has sealed that. But this is it. This is your year, Chris. Go make it. Number nine, Jimmy Garoppolo. He's the Raiders quarterback now. He went for the Niners to the Raiders. Basically, the writer was on the wall. This class of 2023, he went seven and three as a starter. Injuries got brought Brock Purdy as the number one quarterback in, in San Francisco now. 207 for, 207, 308 for 16 touchdowns, 16 touchdowns, 4 interceptions. He was replaced, like I said, by Brock Purdy, which, by the way, they have a group page on Facebook for Brock Purdy, which Brock Purdy does not own. There's a bunch of fans that, that have a page for their favorite players that they can produce, they can, they post positive stuff. Like, for example, Brock Purdy, I think he got married this summer. So congrats to him. Then they have jerseys of him being, inconsi- being, being consistently, you know, stuff like this. He, they give injury updates, all that stuff. And so now, now, in Las Vegas, you have your quarterback. Last year, it was just Derek Carr. Derek Carr wasn't that great. And I don't think his career is going to be an entire failure in my eyes. Why are we focusing on this guy? His brother wasn't any good anyways. So you're telling me that David Carr, actually Derek Carr, will lead the Saints to the Super Bowl versus Jimmy Garoppolo leading them to the postseason. You got to remember who's in your division. You got to remember the one team that's won two championships in your division is Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. You got to remember that. You don't know it. You don't know that. You don't know if you're going to win the division or not. <laughs> That's funny to me. But now, he has a chip on his shoulder. Is this his chance? Is this the last chance that we're going to see of Jimmy Garoppolo? Is this the last? The injuries have plumped his career. Plunted his career. The inconsistencies that he's made has really put a hamper on his career. So to me, what type of Jimmy Garoppolo are we going to see? Are we going to see San Francisco Jimmy Garoppolo, or are we going to see New England Jimmy Garoppolo, where he just backed up Tom Brady for a bunch of games, basically sitting on the bench a lot, and we didn't see the, enough of him. He got to the 49ers and led them to the Super Bowl back in 2019. Yes. So, like I said, I don't, I don't. This is a last chance. We don't know. It remains to be seen. My last and final breakout player. He just signed the contract, five years, 262 million. He just signed it, 62 million a year. Justin Herbert. He is the Chargers quarterback. He went 10 and 7 in 2022. Wow. 68% completions, 25 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. He's committed to winning and making improvements. 
and doing all the things. But let's hear from Mr. Herbert now. Let's play the first clip when he's talking about the Chargers offense and what he can bring to that offense. Let's play that clip, please. Famer, LaDainian Tomlinson, Mike Amthew, and the face of the franchise. Justin Herbert is with us. Congratulations on the, de- the new deal. Um, I-, I know you've got to be thrilled about being now the guy and not having to worry about this contract, but I do think back to your path. I got to know you a little bit when you are in Eugene at Oregon, 2016, freshman year. You weren't even starting quarterback. How do you reflect on this journey as you were signing that John Hancock on that new contract? Well, first off, thank you. Uh, you know, a huge thank you to the Chargers organization, the Spanos family, Tom Telesco, all these people that went into this decision, and I'm so thankful to be a part of it. And um, kind of like you mentioned, I, I think the most important thing for me is just to have fun, to enjoy football and, and realize that we're get, we get to play a game for a living. And, um, you know, our teammates, our, our coaching staff, uh, all those training members, um, you know, they're incredible people. And just being around them uh, is the time of my life, so I'm, I'm enjoying every bit of it. Is it a big relief getting that deal done? And if so, you know, kind of what was the first thing you actually thought about after you signed that deal? Because I know when I signed my deal, I know mm-hmm. it was the first thing I thought about. Um, no, it is a huge, you just can relax and play football now. You get to play free, you get to play fearless, and you get to go play the sport that you've grown up playing. And, um, you know, I think the first thing that I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to take care of the team. And uh, Khalil Mack especially, he's, he's been taking care of dinners for the past couple of years. Um, he's an incredible teammate, and uh, I owe him uh, a couple dinners, so i got to get go. Something tells me you'll be able to pay up in a big way, which is always nice. Uh, take me out onto the football field, just watching you. You look great today. The wide receivers look healthy as well, which is sort of awesome to see. LT and I were talking about this mini basketball team that you actually have in terms of targets what's it like to see these guys in training camp looking like they're ready for the start of the season it's a lot of fun to be a part of you know those guys are so athletic so so tall and um, you know they've done such a great job of picking up the offense and um, even Q for you know as new as he is he's, he's got a great feel for the offense and so when you get that going and you get you know 6'8 6'3 6'4 6'3 it's got to be tough out there and we're kind of putting um, you know pressure on our defense and they're doing a great job of making us better so uh, lots to look forward to speaking of picking up the offense Kellen Moore here for the first year, first year as an offensive coordinator. Are there any similarities between this offense and the old offense? Is there anything you can draw from what you have done in the past and apply to this offense? Mm-hmm. I think uh, a lot of the protections are similar. Uh, you know, we've done a pretty good job of um, getting a protection plan with our offensive line going and our running backs and making sure that everyone's dialed in together because that's a huge part of the offense. And um, If we have the same or similar verbiage and lingo and, and we're able to kind of carry that over from year to year, um, you know, I think this is a really veteran offensive line group um, and they've done a great job picking up stuff so far so we're communicating well and as long as we're doing that I think we'll be able to play some pretty good football. You know, Justin, I was here last year, and I know the expectations were, were pretty high for this football team, and rightfully so, but then I think about Slater up front. He gets gets hurt. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, guys missing games. J.C. Jackson out. Oh, Joey Bosa not healthy. Are we sleeping on what this team is actually capable of doing, considering you did get 10 wins a season ago with all of those injuries? I think that's the tough part about the NFL, is you're going to have to deal with uh, injuries and, and adversity like that. And I thought we did a great job of overcoming it as best as we could last year. Didn't go our way, unfortunately. Um, and I know you know that's a driving force this offseason for a lot of guys. We, we showed up, we put in all the, our work, uh, made sure that we're doing everything we can to avoid that feeling again. Um, so I'm just excited to get all those guys back out there healthy, to, to see Keenan, to see Joey, to see Rashawn. Um, you know, it's a great when they're on the field. Do you think this team learned anything from last year's experience? Because I know each year should teach you something. And I feel like you guys are right there at the cusp of, you know, doing something really special. And maybe last year taught you something about this team. I think we did big time. Uh, you know, we dealt with our fair share of adversity last year. Injuries, uh, close losses, um, 
things like that, you know, it's part of the NFL. If you, you play long enough, uh, things like that are going to unfortunately happen. Um, and so it's all about how you re- respond and how you react. And I think this team has done a great job of answering that. Uh, this offseason, this camp, um, I'm really looking forward to it. All right, if you thought practice was hard, I know the next thing that you have on task is even more difficult. There's a few thousand fans that are <laughs> screaming for you to go sign some autographs. So appreciate you giving us a couple minutes here. Stay healthy this upcoming season. You bet. Thank you, guys. Thanks, uh, Justin. Some more to come here. All right, so you heard from Mr. Herbert. Um, Mr. Herbert is well-paid, could be a top 10 one day, uh, championship in the future, we'll see. Um, you got to get through Pat Mahomes first, like I said, and uh, go from there. Let's hear the analysis from the speak on Justin Herbert, please. I think he needs to win the playoff game, especially because that playoff game... Come on, man. Up by 27? 27? I say sounds about the TV. Yeah. 32. 31. 27. I mean, the is gonna be a gauntlet. We know that. So, I don't, I don't wanna get too crazy with what the expectations for him should be. He was this player before he got paid. He's, he's essentially the same player now that he has been paid. And we all knew he was going to get paid. Absolutely. But, with, you know, with a, with a big check, check comes a lot of responsibility and more pressure. That's how it goes. I just think the way that he has built his career, he started off really hot. Then he had a little, little stuff in the middle. But every year he's gotten better and he's improved the team. So now it's on you. You've, you've been paid. You're, con- you're paid as the top guy in the league. The expectation should be that. So winning a playoff game, I think, is, is the start. But I won't get crazy. I think he needs to win a playoff game. I think he needs to win a playoff game. Especially because that playoff game... Come on, man. Okay, so... Yeah. Like I said... I'm not going to dwell on the past. It is what it is. Just remember he didn't win. So... He's got five years to make it happen. But... That's my top 10 breakout list, guys. I hope you loved it. Uh, we hope these players, we wish these players well. And um, we'll go from there. Alright, so let me get to my WNBA stuff because I, I before I get my spotlight, I, I, I want to do this. So Brittany Griner, there's a lot of talk that she's taking a mental health break. For two games, so she missed a game on Sunday against Chicago. Uh, I think she's missing the game tonight against Indiana. So basically, she'll be back sometime this week when they play. I, I can't. I don't know when they play next. But let me give my thoughts on it because a bunch. Because uh, I was hearing a podcast yesterday, and I want to say this: Brittany Griner is not mentally well and I say this because I saw this in the all-star game I saw that her her the all-star game was homecoming to her did do I think that she did she deserve to be there yes but not in that right sense not playing well I saw that dunk that y'all claim it was, but I don't think it was a dunk at all. I just think she's not in the right space right now. And if she were to retire today, then then I don't know what her legacy will be. 
the the WNBA will move forward with a bunch of players that they have. But I don't want the WNBA to be focused on one player to run the league. You got a bunch of other players that came before Brittany Griner that have dominated this league. Lisa Leslie, Cheryl Swoops, Cynthia Cooper, Diana Tarasi, Asia Wilson. That's the name of you. There's a lot more. I'm not saying Brittany Griner has a dominant. I'm saying Brittany Griner needs to take a break. I don't think she have played this season. I just think that next season would have been next. Next season would have been great. That way you get a season off, get, get your stamina back, get everything back. And then that way we can see the domination that she has done over the last eight plus years. But she hasn't been dominant this year, even though she's putting decent numbers. Um, it, like I said, if she were to t- retire today, then the WNBA would move forward. It'll move forward as is. We, we, ha- we got a bunch of ladies in college basketball that want to come to the league and make an impact, and they will make an impact. But I can't, I can't, I can't, we can't, Candace Parker, we can't forget, we can't make Brittany one dimensional anymore. Granted, okay, of course, focus on your mental health. But at the same time, I don't want her to be the talk of the league. I don't want people to bring up her past. They they bring it up a lot, and it's annoying. And it's like at some point, Brittany Brittany has to stop, has to not hear it anymore from these guys that continue to bring it up. Like on ESPN, when you hear ESPN broadcast, they always bring up her entertainment in Russia. We know we did this. We did a podcast on it. Of course, let's get her back on the U.S. soil so that she can start training for the next season. I'm not talking about this season, next season. She wasn't ready. That's the thing. It's too much. And when you have a team that fired his coach and you, you're playing with a 40-year-old lady that that, I don't know. I don't know if she can play. I love Diane Taraka. I've been watching her all my life. I don't know anymore. She's missed a bunch of games recently. And then you, who else do you really have on that roster? Your roster is full of players that, let me name you some. Sophie Cunningham fouls a lot. A good player, but fouls a lot. A lot. I can't trust it to run a franchise. And that's all you have. You don't have anybody else. Maybe you can add a Skylar Diggins, but Skylar Diggins has said, keep me out of it. Keep me out of it. The more I'm out of it, the more they don't talk about me. That's what she was saying. And so, you just got to focus on other players that can that not only can run this league but can run your team and Brittany Grant is not one of them a season off will be fabulous for her fabulous forget to disrespect her haters because I've seen the comments I scrolled down the comments and I've seen them forget about them 
focus on your health and let let these people stop talking about you the WNBA is filled with 20 well actually 200 plus people that play basketball every summer I want to focus on those players versus one that wants to that focus on one that wants to take a break take the break you can take all the necessary needs you can so you can get back right and I'm praying for you I just don't want you to be the main focus that's my opinion but I've been doing this for the last month my WNBA spotlight player of the month is Asia Wilson now, for the month of July, Asia Wilson has averaged 20, uh, 23 points a game, 10 rebounds, shooting 57% from the field, 79% from the line. Her team went 9-1 in, in the month of July. <laughs> when you dominate like that, you lose. they could have easily gone 10-0. But you lose to Dallas on, I think it was July the 7th. I mean, I can't remember. But, yeah, it was July the 7th. They lost to Dallas. But, you know, it is what it is. But she's the best player in the league. That's the player you want to run your office through. Asia Wilson. Off-season regimen is great. She, like I said, she doesn't go overseas. That's when you know, when you, when she's making low post moves like that, especially on top of the key, she says, I'm not going overseas to play basketball. I'm staying here in the States to work on my game. Her off-season resume is great. You see it on the, on the court. And also, she doesn't get talked about. So, the whole entire Aces team is 23 and 2, and they get less coverage than more, they get less coverage than Brittany Griner's team. Brittany Griner's team is 6 and 19. We're focusing on one player on that team versus a bunch of players that their whole entire roster is great. That team does not get enough credit of being 23 and 2. We don't give them the much love, but we give love to Brittany Grinder, which, by the way, we should individually, but not on a team sense. The team is 6 and 19, guys. What are we talking about? The Mercury fired their coach midseason, and now they give the reins to Nikki Blue. They gave her a mess of a roster. So, I don't know if Nikki Blue's gonna keep that job. I want her there, but at the same time, you gotta, you, but at the same time, you gotta let her run her own team. You can't, you can't allow her to be there just because she's, she's the African American lady. That's different. But, let her coach the team because she can run her own stuff. And she doesn't, she's not given enough time to do it. And then if they do move on from Nikki Blue, I will say, Nikki Blue, don't worry about the WNBA. Just don't worry about it. Get it. Get yourself an NBA job. Because it's not what you sat on the bench for 14 seasons working with women's basketball, and yet you can't get the full-time gig. This is not full-time. This is intern. So, with that being said, uh, I want the Aces to have more coverages. Than the Mercury. I don't see them talking about the Aces. They're 23 and 2. <laughs> what are we talking about here? We're talking about the best team in the WNBA. 
but we want to work and worry about one player. It's too much for me. I don't get it. I, I just don't get it. Alright guys. But that's my player uh, of, of the month. Uh, we have turned a new leaf and hopefully we'll, you know, hopefully the aces keep dominating so that we keep sending praises and love to the aces and AJ Wilson. Kelsey Blum, Chelsea Gray, Candace Parker, uh, Kia Stokes, Brent, Becky Hammond. The list goes on. <laughs> Let's focus on the positive, then somewhat the negative, please. I know this show, this this podcast, we're going to focus on uh, on everything. All right, guys. Well, that's it. Thank you for watching and listening. But next week, we're going to talk about Cowboys Training Camp 2, Week 2. Let's see what we have learned Week 2 of the Cowboys Training Camp. And let's preview that game against Jacksonville. We're going to talk about Jacksonville's second quarterback. We're going to talk about who's on the cups of getting cut from Jacksonville, plus more. And also, if the USA gets a win, we're going to talk about the next opponent. If not, then we're going to talk about the season that 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 wasn't. And then also, I think I'm going to make a breakout list number two. Let's make a breakout list number two. Let's... Let's talk about additional NFL players that do need a boost up in in uh, on this other list that I'm going to make make it make make guys. But nonetheless, I thank you all for listening, watching. Thank you to Angelo behind the board again, and uh, thank you to Sammy for this space. And I will see y'all next week on Fishbowl Radio's Beyond the Game. Take care, everyone. Hey world, this is Jamie, host of the Jamie and Jenty Show. Broadcasting live each week on Tuesday at 12 p.m. from Fishbowl Studios. Log on to hear sports talk from basketball to football and view your feedback on the biggest sports news you want to talk about from around the world. So be sure to log on each week Tuesdays at 12 p.m. to catch the Jamie and Jenty Show. Hope to see you soon on Fishbowl Radio Network. Jump in.